This is Lawyer to Lawyer, the award-winning legal podcast with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. West Coast meets East Coast, and yes, they are attorneys, bringing you the latest legal news and observations every week with the leading experts in the legal profession. Produced right here on the Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. This is Bob Ambrogi coming to you from just outside of Boston, Massachusetts. And I'm Craig Williams coming to you from just south of Los Angeles, California. <laughs> I say that because nobody, I'm in Rockport, nobody knows where Rockport is. So if I say I'm in Rockport, they say, where the hell are you, Bob? Well, I say that I'm in Irvine and everybody knows where Irvine is because we're the safest Irvine. city in the country. Right. Everybody knows Irvine. No, they don't. <laughs> yeah, sure they do. Well, Let's maybe you school do. There. Um, hey, wait, before we get started, we're supposed to take this time to thank our sponsors, which is Clio, a web-based practice management software program for lawyers at goclio.com, AppRiver, email and web security experts. You can find out more about AppRiver at appriver.com. That's AppRiver for at appriver.com. And PC Law by LexisNexis for a free trial. Go to pclaw.com slash radio. Do we get to charge them more because I said it a second time? Do we charge them anything? Uh, I believe they do pay. Uh, oh, yes. okay. We just don't get paid. We don't get a cut. No, we don't. We never have. No. Speaking Even of though which. it was our idea. Well, actually, <laughs> that's what we're supposed to talk about next. It says, the date was August 25th, 2005, and podcasts were still a pretty novel idea. Legal, Legal Talk Network had decided to pair a couple of lawyers from opposite coasts. And on that day, the Legal Talk Network launched Coast to Coast, which has now become Lawyer to Lawyer. And uh, I'm going to steal credit for this idea, Bob. It was originally my phone call to uh, Scott Hess and Luann Reeb at the Legal Talk Network back in early 2005, where we started talking about this. Then we brought you in, and it's been downhill ever since. Gee, I was going to steal credit for it because I called Scott and Lou at some point and started talking about this, and then I thought they brought you in, so I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know, it actually was somewhat coincidental like that because we had... Each separately contacted Scott and Lou um, and, and to talk about this general idea. And I, and I think, uh, I, I, I don't know, I, I think the credit uh, for, for bringing us together was, was obviously their idea uh, because they said, hey, I got two lawyers here and uh, they're both interested in this and uh, let's see what we can do. I was doing um, a podcast at the time, uh, basically just kind of like reading my blog posts into the microphone and then posting the audio, which was really boring. Right, and, I remember uh, that. Oh, and we should probably tell people why we're not announcing any guests. Yeah, well, I, I t- so today is essentially our seventh anniversary show. And uh, what we are going to do today is to talk a little bit uh, with each other, maybe kind of interview each other, but uh, talk a little bit about the show, about uh, what we've done over the years, uh, what we've learned over the years, some of the good shows we've had, some of the notable Stories we've covered, and uh, in other words, we're going to bore our guests to tears. No, no, no. I like the I like the next part. In, you're supposed oh, oh. to read this part of the script. This next. Oh, wait, part. okay. Where, where's that? It, and you know, because it's almost like McDonald's. Uh, this this fast we're not supposed to advertise part? other. We're not supposed oh. to advertise other companies, are we? Hey, hey, Mike, can you erase that? <laughs> yeah, I so, actually meant to leave that in. Yeah. 
Yeah, so in celebration of our tenth, seventh, then I'll read the script. We do have a script. You know, it's, I mean, we can talk about this at some point. But We should talk about the pre- fact that we use scripts. We, well, we can talk about this whole process. But I, I did want to say that uh, I was trying to kind of set the stage in my mind for how long we've been doing this. And, uh, you know, 2005, uh, in, the, in the scheme of things that we are all used to today, was a long time ago. 2005 was the year YouTube started. 2005 was the year Facebook started as Facebook.com. There had been that little college site and yeah, started in 2004. And look at them compared to us. Yeah, I mean, they, <laughs> they'll catch on sooner or later, I'm sure. But uh, Really? Yeah. We're just waiting for our time. Maybe we should do an IPO. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, it's, it's amazing how much the, the, the sort of the online world has changed, and, and not just the online world, but the impact of all that on, on legal practice in particular. Podcasts and it was before people thought of, about Web.1.0. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. But as you say, you were one of the early podcast. Denise Howell, I think, was, was the first, was she was the the first, first. lawyer podcaster, I think. Uh, and and we we only we claim to be the longest continuously running legal podcast uh, because uh, we have been continuously running for seven years. De- Denise has done a couple of different uh, incarnations. She did one podcast for a while and stopped and started something else. She now does the the uh, the, the, the fantastic uh, this week in law uh, and continues to do that. Uh, and uh, um, but but. Uh, I think we're the longest running one out there. You know, and I actually think that we are the longest running podcast, period. I don't think it, we can restrict it to just the legal category. I don't know if there's anybody that's out there that's running longer than we have been. Boy, I would have no idea of that. I, I've actually done some searches, and I can't find anybody who's been uh, doing a podcast continuously for seven years, every huh. week, which is us. Interesting. And, you know, that's pretty cool. We have had millions of downloads. You know, we get about, what is it, 80,000, 70 to 85,000 listeners a, a, a month to our podcast, which is great. Uh, we thank you all very much for listening to us. Uh, without you, we wouldn't be the lawyers that we are today or the podcasters. And they come from all over the world. Cue your Australia story. Or was it New Zealand? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> I went to Australia uh, to go scuba diving on the Great Barrier Reef, and I was in a pub uh, coming out of a pub in um, Sydney, and somebody walked up to me and said, "Hey, you're that guy. You're that podcaster guy from the Legal Talk Network." I almost knocked. I bought him a beer. I mean, you know. Yeah. He, he, well, he that, just, that that hasn't happened to me while uh, scuba diving in, in exotic lands, but it's happened to me at a number of conventions where people have come up to me and said, "Hey, I know you. I listen to your podcast all the time." Uh, it's pretty cool when that happens. It's nice to know that people are listening and they like it. Uh, we found out at some point we had listeners in Russia uh, who were using using our podcast to help teach English as a second language. Uh, we have listeners in China, literally all over the world. It's it's really pretty funny uh, how diverse our listenership is. But uh, well, we should tell the story the about States. Kate. What was the story about Kate? I forget that. The one. story where Kate was in the bar and some guy was hitting on her and and uh, said, "Oh, you're Kate <laughs> Kenny from the Legal Talk Network. You get to work with Bob Ambrosia and Craig Williams." <laughs> late at night and, in a bar and, 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 and he, he struck really, out at that point <laughs> he did yeah that was it I mean the guy was toast Kate, Kate is one of the work. producers who makes this show happen every week Kate Kenny uh, you know it's we, we say this at least every anniversary we should say it more often but uh, what 
has made this, you know, a lot of lawyers ask me, how do you do a podcast? And uh, how do you, uh, how do you deal with all the legwork involved and the work involved? And how do you have time for that? And and the answer is the Legal Talk Network. Uh, they do all the work in a sense. Uh, they, uh, Craig and I kind of show up at showtime uh, and, and uh, put this together. You know, we, we have uh, a group of people who are working behind the scenes that Mike our Hockman. listeners never hear That's about. Who Mike, we were you might have just heard talking. Mike there. Mike, can you say something? Can you talk? Jump in Mike. there, buddy. Mike, Mike the Mike's sleeping. He's going to Mike. law school. Mike's a law student. He's probably a studying. Hey, everybody. Hey, there's Mike Hockman. Hey, there he Mike. is. Mike, Mike Hockman, do? how are you? I'm well, guys. How are you? So tell us about your law school experience. It's exciting and time-consuming, and I'm in my last year now and just <laughs> scared of not having a job afterwards. <laughs> Welcome to the What club. kind of a lawyer do you want to yeah. be? Because, you know, we're interviewing you for a job here, so what kind of a lawyer do you want to be? I'd like to be in front of a courtroom. I wouldn't want to just do paperwork all day. So litigation then? Litigation. Good. Yeah, how have been your grades? Good. Dean's list twice. Um, Excellent. First year was a little rough, but aside from that, I've I've held my own. I think. So Mike is the producer. Mike is Mike. uh, Tell him tell him what you do for our podcast. So every time that we do a show, I go back and listen to it all over again. And what I do is I make Bob and Craig and their guests sound as clean and clear as possible. And I'll also tighten the show up a little bit so there aren't as many gaps in between. But. Bob and Craig, you guys are such great hosts. There's usually nothing to do to have to clean up your tracks. Nice. You're just saying that because we put you on the show. Very true. It's only, it's only <laughs> taken me six years to get on, but <laughs> it's been worth it. But you were, Mike has formerly been an on-air personality uh, and worked uh, worked in broadcast for a long time. And uh, what, what our listeners also don't know is that the Legal Talk Network is a real place. Uh, you guys have a, a facility and, and you're sitting now, uh, I assume you're sitting now, at in the control room, which is uh, a, a pretty impressive bank of equipment. I, I'm not a, a broadcast professional, but uh, you're in this uh, kind of dark room with this uh, huge bank of uh, buttons and switches and, and all sorts of other and computer screens and all sorts of other devices uh, that makes this all happen. Is that right? Yes, I am. So the way that we have this all worked up is you guys are connected through uh, Skype devices going into our mixing board. From there, it's then rooted into our our audio recording software. And then normally when we have guests, we bring them in over over studio quality and radio quality uh, telephone hybrid systems. Uh, wow. So just for our geek uh, listeners, what software program do you use? We use Adobe Audition to record everything. Uh, it, it's not exactly the the standard for recording. Most you know professionals use Pro Tools, but for what we do, uh, um, Audition is really the the easiest because it's not as as picky when it comes to what kind of hardware you use with it. And then we also just to let listeners in on our little secret, we use a program called Chatsy that all three of us are on. Uh, the studio is on, Bob is on in Massachusetts, and I'm on out here in California. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at it right now, and Mike is telling us that our seventh wedding anniversary, Bob, the traditional gifts are wool or copper. So, what did you get me? Uh, I got Something. you a Brillo pad. <laughs> That's probably appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of woolly because it's, it's copper. Yeah, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, you did yeah, it all yeah. in one thing. Yep. 
And uh, for me? Uh, <laughs> hmm. That's so, a good one. I'll have yeah. to think about it. Yeah. Well, we, and then we should also make it. We mentioned Kate Kenny. Bob Phillips is another uh, producer uh, who Kate and Bob put these shows together for us. They help us line up guests. They they track what's going on in the legal world. Help us. Story ideas. Are, they actually yeah, well, do it. They, they do the lining up of guests. We don't do any of it. Yeah. We show we, up we at 1030. We throw on, in some on, suggestions now and then. And do our recording and talk. Yeah. Right. And then, and then really at the helm, lawyers. at the top of all this is Louanne Reeb, who founded all of this. She's a, a former uh, executive producer at a, a CBS News uh, affiliate in Boston, a long time. Some little uh, station like WBZ. Yeah, yeah. A, a long time uh, uh, media professional, uh, a professor uh, at Emerson College in uh, Boston and uh, – um, uh, a, a, a real pro, uh, uh, not not just somebody who's doing this uh, for fun. Uh, she really knows what she's doing and uh, does a great job. And of course, Scott Hess was is the other co-founder who has since left the company for uh, uh, other opportunities. But uh, Scott and Lou were really the ones who who started this just, years ago. I just saw some pictures of Scott flying his biplane over the Mississippi River. Yeah, is that the one where he's got the camera on the wing? Yeah. Mounted on the wing? Basically flying back from uh, Massachusetts to Texas. I went to visit yeah. him in Austin uh, at the uh, South by Southwest uh, event, and it was great seeing him. He's doing really well. Oh, cool. Yeah. In both, but both Lou and, and Scott, Scott and actually Lou now, puts together uh, settlement videos for lawyers. So if you are trying to settle your case and you're trying to figure out how to do that, you can always call Lou at the Legal Talk Network and... Uh, you know, right there next to the airport in Boston, where they look out and watch the uh, planes come in and land at what is it there, Mike Logan International Airport, or is it uh, the one there in Norwood no- Airport? I think Norwood. it's called Norwood. Norwood. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah, so, hey, Bob, we and, should and probably get back yeah. to the script a little bit, yeah, you know, and, sure, and ask right. each other some of these questions. Um, so, I'm supposed to say to you, what were you doing professionally seven years ago? I guess you were practicing law. Yeah, what, you know, the, and probably the saddest thing here is how little my my professional uh, world has changed since seven years ago. Uh, it's well, that's not true. I mean, it's expanded, but I'm doing the same thing I was doing then. I've been practicing law and uh, do a lot of you know uh, work in the media area here. Uh, I represent uh, newspaper publishers and newspapers uh, in uh, legislative and legal matters, and then I, I've always always had a little sideline doing uh, consulting on marketing and media matters. And I've been doing that for a long time now. And, and wow. you've, you've had a few changes over those year over these years, but pretty much well, doing the same thing too. Yeah. Doing the same thing, practicing law, just been in different iterations at different firms. I'm back at my own firm where I was when I started seven years ago. So that's a really nice thing. Yeah. But, um, now here's this other question. Has society's opinion of lawyers changed over the last seven years? I don't know why that's an anniversary school. Uh, question, but do you think our podcast has done anything to improve the impression that people have of lawyers? Oh, I don't think our podcast has done anything to do that. Uh, You know, I think uh, the fact of the matter is I actually do think society's opinion of lawyers has changed over the last seven years in the sense that uh, this whole thing I was alluding to earlier, this whole phenomenon of social media uh, has perhaps made lawyers more transparent, made the whole process of lawyering more a little bit more transparent than it ever was before. I think consumers are smarter about what lawyers do and continuing to get smarter. You know, we're not entirely there yet. But they, I think consumers have a better overall understanding of what lawyers do, of how to go about picking a lawyer and find a lawyer. 
Um, I don't know if that means their opinion has changed, but I think they're smarter about it. I think they're savvier about it. What do you think? Well, and, and we watched uh, in the in the seven years that we've been doing this, we've watched a couple of uh, lawyer rating services, probably notably Avo, uh, come up and uh, then expand into the rating doctors. But I think that you're right, that people have gotten to, uh, they go online, they check out lawyers more. Uh, there's a greater use of the internet. There's... Uh, Obviously, a much better access to legal records online. Uh, that's been the most, I think, significant change I've seen in lawyering, uh, where you know before it was very difficult to get documents out of the court. You had to send an attorney service down, spend time. Now it's just log on and click, 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 and you get your. You can read whatever anybody's anybody's doing. It's all, it's very voyeuristic if you have a computer and want to sit and read about lawsuits. You don't have to sit in the courtroom anymore. And and we've done a couple of shows about Avo <laughs> over the years. I mean, what really what's uh, what's pretty amazing to me. I was looking at the the whole long list of shows we've done. I don't know how many they are, but you know, you figure it out. Pretty much uh, fifty shows times seven years or so. Uh, that's a that's three hundred and fifty shows uh, roughly that we've done. Uh, and uh, I've missed a few. You've missed a few, but uh, pretty much we've been here week in and week out. Uh, what do you have? Do you, you know, we, I think we've asked this question every year we've had an anniversary, but are, do any of them really stand out in your mind? What are, what are some of the shows that you remember the most? I still, my still, the go-to one that I, uh, have not forgotten is, uh, Sohiba Mondasan. I think that's how she pronounces her name. The, uh, lawyer from the United Nations who monitors war crimes trials in Africa and, uh, developing nations. It just seems to me that there's such a danger in that job and such um, such a, a service that she's doing. Uh, it's really surprising to me that, um, you know, in addition to waging wars around the world and, and uh, trying to deal with governments, there's this little branch of the United Nations. Oh, the United Nations doesn't wage wars. They go out and they try to, you know, act as a peacekeeping force. But... Um, there's this little known aspect of the United Nations where they're actually out there watching the trials, the aftermath of what happens after dictators get deposed and, and uh, to make sure that the country starts out on the right foot after they've gone through such a terrible thing. And, and I think it's really great because it, it reminded me when she said, or it, it, it really inspired me, I think is probably the right way to say it, that she inspired me when she said that, you know, we're there to make sure that, um, despite all of the hate that the people have toward this dictator, that they learn how to initiate justice even against those who they hate the most. Yeah, that was an amazing show. I do remember that. I, um, something that struck me that I I, I had forgotten uh, or put out of context in my memory was that uh, our first show was August 25th, 2005. Four days later is when Hurricane Katrina struck New Orleans and the Gulf Coast. And we're um, right there again. And uh and, and we're right there again maybe. Uh let's let's hope it's not so bad. Uh we are we are that as we're recording this that storm is moving up the coast but but uh so one of our one of our first shows, one of our first shows back in September, one of our earlier shows September 2005, we had uh Ernie Svensson uh, and uh, Raymond Ward, two lawyers out of New Orleans who had pretty dramatic uh, stories to tell uh, on our show about um, their experience 
fleeing Katrina and getting out of the city. Uh, and I think at that point, when we talked to them, they were still, they had been re- relocated uh, out of Katrina, I mean, out of uh, New Orleans temporarily at least. And I, I think they're both back. I know Ernie's back. I think they're both back. We had a couple of shows with them over the years talking about Katrina uh, and the aftermath and the follow-up. But that was that was pretty dramatic too. Yeah, and I, you know, and I don't want to pat ourselves on the back too hard, but um, we've done some pretty informative shows. You know, I mean, as a consequence of Ernie and Raymond's situation, uh, we had them back on and we talked about disaster preparation and what lawyers, what especially solos and small firm lawyers need to be thinking about in terms of getting their practice ready with offsite backups and at least backups of their data and software. And and um, so we, we've We've done an awful lot, I think, to highlight some things that lawyers tend to not think about. So one of the things that Mike does while he's sitting there in the control room, the Mike who we introduced you to earlier, is he sends us these little text messages telling us things like, go to break after you finish talking about your favorite shows. So I think that means we're supposed to go to break right now. (laughs) It is. We're supposed to go to break. And so uh, the script says, time for a short break now. The Lawyer to Lawyer anniversary show returns right after this. Hi, my name is Kay Kenny from Legal Talk Network, and I'm joined by Jack Newton, president of Clio. Jack takes a look at the process of moving to the cloud. Now, how long does it take to move to the cloud, and is it a difficult process? No, I, with most cloud computing providers, moving uh, your data into the cloud is something that takes just minutes, not hours or days to do. You can get signed up and running with most services in just a few minutes. And uh, even if you have an existing, uh, a legacy set of data that you want to migrate to a, pr- a web-based practice management system like Clio, there's migration tools and migration services that we're able to offer to ease that process. So most firms can be up and running to the cloud in, less than, in the cloud in less than five minutes and can have their data imported uh, in a matter of hours or days. We've been talking to Jack Newton, president of Clio. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you. And if you'd like to get more information on Clio, feel free to visit www.goclio.com. That's G-O-C-L-I-O.com. It's the office calling again. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, yeah. I need to do that, too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to WestLegalEdCenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. That's perfect. The office can wait. Tired of all the headaches of running your law firm? Want to spend your time doing what really matters? Then you need PC Law. PC Law from LexisNexis is the legal industry's best-selling matter, billing, and accounting software. It has never been easier to manage your law firm and serve your clients. Get back to doing what matters to you. For a free trial, go to PCLaw.com radio. That's PCLaw.com radio. Or call us at 800-685-2161 today. Promote yourself online with Legal Talk Network by becoming a featured lawyer. Your featured lawyer profile lets potential clients and referral attorneys get to know you in a five-minute podcast interview with Legal Talk Network, plus your photo, your bio, and your firm's contact info. Be part of the most progressive online legal network anywhere. 
Just call Legal Talk Network at 781-551-9960. That's 781-551-9960. Or by emailing admin at legaltalknetwork.com. Be a Legal Talk Network featured lawyer now. Protect your firm's email with AppRiver. Send confidential emails with confidence using AppRiver's CypherPost Pro email encryption service. With CypherPost Pro, you'll control who sees your messages, and a patented delivery slip will show you when they're received and opened. There's no hardware or software to manage. You can cancel any time, and you get a 30-day free trial. All backed by AppRiver's phenomenal care. Visit AppRiver.com, that's A-P-P-River.com, or call 866-223-4645. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial play in this podcast. Just give us a call anytime at 781-551-9960 or shoot us an email at admin at legaltalknetwork.com. Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. It's our seventh anniversary, and Bob and I, whoops, and Craig and I, are giving you our take on the most important legal topics featured on Lawyer to Lawyer. Uh, we, we do have the script. Craig, Craig and I have both alluded to the fact that we have the script. Uh, our, our, one of the things our producers do each week is to try and put together some sort of bios of the guests and uh, suggested topics and conversations. Uh, it's kind of a, a standing joke around the show uh, how... how uh, the, the fact that Craig and I tend to, I, I think, uh, vary Go from the script, script. More, than, more than we adhere to it. Uh, I I, uh, I don't like uh, having a scripted conversation, and I and I try to avoid doing that. Uh, and uh, it doesn't really work for a talk show, I don't think, unless unless the guests are scripted too, and that defeats the whole purpose. So uh, it's nice that we have it, and it helps us guide it. And a lot of times, we definitely often fall back on it when we're kind of sitting there saying, now what do we talk about? And that happens well, with some and, guests. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, and our listeners, I'm sure know it because sometimes the guests are just got to, it's painful. You know, you got to ask them to draw them out. And there are other times when you sit back and you can't even get a word in edgewise because it's a very interesting conversation. <laughs> There, in and fact, there it, have it, there have been it, times when one or you or I or both of us, I think, have dropped out of the show and nobody's even noticed. Yeah, <laughs> really. And usually, you know, I don't know if it, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I think most of the time it's law professors where we just don't have to talk. Uh, yeah, law professors yeah. And, and some litigators. Uh, some of the litigators, some of the litigators are quite adept at at being concise uh, and uh, direct, uh, but others uh, do like to get their points across for as long as they can get them across for. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the um, the script is trying to guide us in the second half of the show to talk not about the past, but about the future. Um, you know, highlighting the fact of smartphone development and having the internet in their pocket. We've done a couple of shows on the kinds of things like, you know, you can get codes on your um, computer device. And now with Fastcase, you can read cases and, you know, with an iPad, you're completely uh, almost independent. So we're supposed to predict the future, Bob. Uh, look into our crystal balls, and what are we what are we going to be seeing in the next five years of our podcasts? Who are we going to be interviewing, and about what? Well, uh, ironically, I just uh, I just got back from a conference where I gave a presentation on on the future of legal technology, uh, and uh, played right into that, that one, didn't we? 
We did. Although, I, you know, I didn't really talk about sort of the future of law of practice. Uh, well, it was the law of practice in a sense, but, uh, you know, the future is, is really here. It's kind of what I'm saying and looking back over just the changes since we've started doing this, that, that um, you know, there, there's, there was just this, uh, I've mentioned this a couple of times on the show, but we, we just had the ABA approve this uh, uh, change the model rules uh, that's, that uh, suggest that lawyers have a duty, a, a, an ethical professional duty to be competent in technology. Uh, that's been, practically speaking, that's been the case for a while. But now we've got the ABA putting its imprimatur on it in an official way. And I, I think that's really going to change things over the next couple of years. I think lawyers are suddenly going to start, the lawyers who've been dragging their heels, and there are a lot of them out there, are going to be changing uh, uh, finding themselves pressured to get up to speed on uh, all the implications of technology and what it means for their clients and their practices. Well, and thankfully, we have young lawyers like Mike Hockman, <laughs> Mike Hockman coming up who are going to show us that technology and force us to start using it. There are a lot of younger lawyers coming into firms these days with um, the kind of attachment to cell phones and, and uh, Facebook and tweeting and uh, just about everything else that's available out there, and I and so are the our our clients as well as the jurors in in courtrooms. You know they are starting to the uh, ABTL, the uh, Board of Trial Lawyers here in Southern California, is going to Hawaii, and they're going to be talking about uh, the seminar topic is something along the lines of, you know, is tech are you as a lawyer meeting the technology needs of your jurors? And their expectations. So where years ago, probably along the lines of when we were first started this podcast, we were talking about whether people were willing to accept that. Now it seems like it's almost a demand, that an expectation that you show up in court with some type of technology. Right. Yep. It's very significant. Um, so, you know, so if you were to predict a, a device that were to come out, um, what would you predict? We're going to see a new smartphone, a new iPad, a new, a whole new type of a thing. Um, what what are we going to see in courtrooms? Well, the, <laughs> the question right now is uh, which ones are going to see disappearing? Are we going to be seeing all the Samsung devices pulled off the market? But that's a whole other issue. Uh, yeah, we had to do a show on that. Yeah. Now, you know, I I think uh, I, I think what we're going to see. I, I don't know what we're, you know, I, the smartphone and, and, and the tablet device, the, the iPad in particular, is, is significant, having a significant effect. Um, and, and yet I, I, I keep hearing lawyers talk about uh, the fact that as much as they love their iPads for lots of things, they, they, they're still having trouble finding, being truly productive on just an iPad. Uh, and, and so, you know, over the, the short term, I think we're going to see, continue to see, more there needs of, to be a of much the tablet better... and the keyboard, basically the the laptop and the tablet, and uh, something a little more powerful and more capabilities on a tablet, and 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 that keyboard becomes an essential element for a lot of lawyers. They need that. I think that what we're going to start seeing is a larger integration of voice commands into computers, both on um, the workstation on your desktop as well as your smartphone and traveling. I mean, Siri is a good start, but she's not where she needs to be. And I think that technology in the next five years is rapidly going to get there. And I think in the way that we see or we saw on Star Trek where um, they talk to the computer and the computer talk back, I think that we're going to start to see more of that. And if I were to make a prediction in the next 10 years, I'll give it 
I think we're going to start seeing robots with computer technology available. And uh, we're going to see, start seeing those getting integrated into daily lives. Well, if 10 years ago you had told me that there would be cars driving around the streets of California with no, nobody driving them, I would have said you were perhaps uh, ahead of your time in making that prediction. Um, but now there are cars driving around the streets of California with nobody driving them. So uh, thanks right. to Google. So <laughs> And that really hasn't been much different than it's been all along. <laughs> Given well, the traffic that we have out here. <laughs> right. Yeah, only now it's... A, There's a lot of people driving cars that really aren't there. <laughs> but so, yeah, I, 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 I think your, your prediction is, is in line um, for that. Uh, you know, the big legal stories, I don't know. Who, who knows? I, you know, you can never predict uh, the things that are going to become hot and big... Uh, over the next couple of years, obviously, e-discovery is the big hot field right now, and uh, that's going to continue to be just because lawyers are going to be wrestling with the mountains and mountains and mountains of documents that they have to deal with on electronic form, and they need technology to help them address that. I don't know. What do you see on the horizon there? In terms of that kind of technology, I see that there will be um, – It's. I think it's just – a different form of the same thing, you know, having tried cases for as long as I've tried them, you know, it comes down to five, six, seven documents, you know, whether you're showing them on a computer screen or on a video screen or up on a, on a slideshow screen on the, on the wall, or whether you're passing paper around to the jury, it's still the same disputes between people pretty much come down to just a few things. And you got to find those five documents. You got to find the them. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. And that's now it's becoming almost impossible to find stuff because uh, there's so much of it. There's so much data, and it's so yeah. hard to find things. So we we're gonna e discovery is going to have to come leaps and bounds in terms of search technology uh, on on cross platforms and and the the big issue is I think in e-discovery these days is legacy equipment. You know, you get old computer equipment, old tapes that nobody wants to mount. They can't find the equipment that mount to, to uh, put the tape drive back in or the tapes have gone bad. Um, th there's a lot of problems. Yeah. So, so we have uh, Mike here in his third year of law school producing our show. Uh, and uh, here we are. We've, we've, we've uh, been around the, around the path a few times here. What, what, what do you think, the future holds for young lawyers coming up, new lawyers coming into the profession. There's been a lot of talk about the, the economy, about, about law schools uh, being transparent, about opportunities for graduating students. Uh, is there hope for the next generation of lawyers? Hey, Mike, that's you. Flick the switch. No, Craig, I'm asking you. I'm oh, asking you're you. asking me? Yeah. Um, wow. Try that one again. What do you what do you think from where you stand from what you see? Uh, are there opportunities for young lawyers coming into the profession? Is it is it, is this a you know somebody like Mike? What what kind of advice do you have? What kind of opportunities do you see for him? You know, I think the opportunities for Mike are just pretty much the same as they were for you and me. A lot of it is what you make. Um, you can choose to sit back and and you know have your work handed to you. Um, by the senior partners, or you can choose to go out and create your own life and find your own clients and and uh, bring business into the firm or into your own firm. But uh, I think largely uh, technology is going to be a huge part of the law practice. Um, I think everything from finding clients to um, litigating to uh, doing documents on the fly, I think that... Uh, 
Mike is going to be very successful, and I think young lawyers have a great opportunity. They have tons of things that are available to them um, in terms of technology, and I think the technology is only going to get quicker and faster and better. But it still comes down to establishing relationships with people, you know, getting to know a circle of friends and um, a circle of lawyers and a circle of judges. And I think that it just requires that you put in the time and the effort and participate and, you know, study hard while you're in law school and continue to study hard while you're out, uh, read the daily journal and, uh, or the, the daily news reports. And I think, uh, it's a, just a ton of opportunities available to Mike and anybody else that's coming into the practice these days. And, and a ton of opportunities to show us older lawyers, uh, how to practice law a new way. How about you, Bob? What do you think? Well, I, I couldn't agree more. I think there's, I think oper- the opportunities are there to be made and to be found. And uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly with your suggestion that uh, young lawyers need to get out and, and, and network and build out their networks, uh, volunteer uh, uh, for, uh, you know, activities in their bar associations, uh, in their communities, uh, get to know people, get connections, uh, and opportunities will come along and, uh uh, yeah, I have no doubt that we'll all be working for Mike someday. Uh, so uh, and, uh, just just hey, don't forget we, us, Mike, when you're rich, you know? Uh, exactly. Mike, all right, Bob, we said in the beginning of the show that we would make an effort to get to interview each other and let our listeners know a little bit more about ourselves. So, you know, I don't know that I really know much about your hobbies. What do you do when you're not practicing law? <laughs> uh, well, I happen to live... Uh, a little ways uh, up the street from the ocean. I, I love to be on the water. I love sailing, uh, sailing for many years since I used to, way back when I used to practice in the Virgin Islands, I, I started sailing. Uh, well, I'd sailed even before then, but I got pretty serious about it back then. And I've done a lot of sailing and boating over the years and like to get out on the water. And uh, uh, and then I've become, lately I've become a little bit of a history buff. And I, I uh, do a lot of uh, research and writing into local history of this little I live in a little town that has uh, a lot of uh, a lot of colorful history to it, uh, and uh, I've actually started a blog uh, where I blog about the history of my town, and that's been kind of fun to blog about something other than law or technology. How Great. about you? What are you doing? Well, I know do you have a you boat? Do a, you do all sorts of stuff. I don't have yeah, a boat have, right now. That's a sore topic, a but uh, not at the moment. Ouch. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I like to sail, too. I mean, I've sailed since I was in the Coast Guard. Um, and learned how to sail there, and it was it was great. I have um, I know I used to own a boat, uh, no longer do, but now I belong to a uh, sailing club that I can go out and rent just about any kind of sailboat I'd like um, on a given day or a weekend and and go sailing. So, you know, uh, something in the thirty five to forty five foot range, and generally go out and maybe sail over to Catalina. Um, so that's a lot of fun. A lot of a lot of friends like to come along on those trips, and sometimes we just go. Uh, like this Christmas, we I took the family around um, the Newport Harbor, and we watched the Christmas boat parade from the harbor, which was really a unique experience because most of the rest of the time I've seen it from the land, and uh, a lot of fun. Everybody decorates their boats up with lights, and there were a couple of them that had bands, and so it's it's a fun time. But um, yeah, I also I scuba dive. That. We have a similar. We have yeah. A, yeah you skin dive. I was going to say we have a parade of lights up here too. Similar, we get the boats out for the uh, 
Uh, get all the boats go out and parade. It's coming up uh, this weekend, I think it is, or next weekend. Uh, Labor oh, Day fun. Weekend. What, what yeah. kind of a parade is it? Just a- it, it, The boats parade uh, around, this is actually in Gloucester, the next town for me. The boats go out and parade around the harbor, all lit up with lights, and uh, it's, it's really pretty and fun. That's, those anyway. are fun events. Yeah. So I know our time is almost up, uh, according to Mike, who's sending us more notes. You know what I meant to ask you real quick is, do you do you listen to podcasts? In, in what so? Do you, have a, do you have a favorite podcast other than ours that you listen to? <laughs> um, Gizmodo. I like to listen to the the, the uh, podcasts about new technology coming yeah. up. Those are my favorite. Um, there's a couple of um, there's a new idea blog that I like to read, and um, on Facebook there's a page called Design I Like that I love seeing the photographs of uh, unusual and and uh, different ideas that kind of uh, expand your mind and make you think. So those are kind of fun. But um, Mike. Is writes great show, guys. Let's wrap it up when you're ready. So, um, I guess um, the wrap up here is that we're supposed to right underneath this thing that says "wrap it up" on the script. It says, "Remember, now you can get CLE credit through West Legal Ed Center for listening to Select Legal Talk Network podcasts. You can go to legaltalknetwork.com and click on West Legal Ed Center. You can also find all Legal Talk Network shows on iTunes. Do you want to do the next one, Bob? Um. The Android where app were you? Me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we also have an Android app where you can was, access uh, all Legal Daydream. Talk Network shows. Uh, yeah, we also have an Android. Hey, Craig, you know, we also have an Android app. And Oh, cool. And for, Tell me about for it. months now, they've been telling us we're pretty soon going to have an iPhone app. I don't know if I'm going to We hold should out, take that part out. out. Don't that say that any anymore. Longer. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to no. believe it when I see it. But I actually got right. the Android app for my I have an Android tablet, and it's it's great, actually. Uh, and it uh, works really well. So, yeah. Uh, Everybody should get it, and you can always and find us on iTunes. We want to thank our guests for being with us today. Bob, uh, you did a great job. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, geez. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm really honored to meet you after all these years. Yeah, it's been great. And uh, we'll remind our listeners that we'll be back again next week with another great legal topic, actually a real show with real guests. And uh, so when you want legal, think lawyer to lawyer. See you then. Talk to you soon. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. Every week, a new legal topic that you won't want to miss. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.